Welcome to the Charles City Press podcast, which is still nameless. We have the usuals around the table. Serena Reinhardt, city beat and cover of most things. Ryan Kronberg, our sports editor. Hola. Mitchell Hansen, our arts and entertainment. Usually very entertaining. And of course, editor and chief master in command, Chris Baldus. Hello. We have interesting things going on in a warehouse, nonetheless. An education happening is happening over there. Has any, have any of you besides Mitchell gone over there and looked? To the... To the mock classroom the mock setup? Classroom. No, I haven't made it over there. I just look at the pictures that have been online and read your stories and let you talk a little bit about what, uh, what they're building in there. So what happened is BLDD had 26-some designs. They whittled it down to 14 and gave it to the middle school teachers and said, what do you think? The teacher said, well, we like these two. And they said, great, we will make you them. So they gave them two opportunities, Tuesday and Wednesday, to teach in these mock classrooms. And when I found out it was going to be in a warehouse across the street from the Dollar General, my immediate opinion was, yeah, right, students are going to learn. This is going to be an effective learning experience. How? And it actually was. It looks like I've had two daughters who have gone through, <laughs> gone through this experiment this week. Yes, tell, yeah. us, tell us well, how it was effective. The students actually were paying attention. Like, I thought they'd be distracted by the fact that there was no windows, that garage doors were open, that cars were driving by, but they weren't. They were focused on the teachers, and when they were dismissed to do their thing, they actually did it. They drew on the whiteboards. They were Like, I walked around, and it wasn't a teacher, so it's not like they were quick good when I came by, but nobody was goofing off. I didn't have anybody try to pose and get my attention for the camera, which there's always a couple of hams in every bunch, but mm-hmm. no, the kids were totally focused on their lab, and they just thought it was the greatest thing. So the concept here is... So they've got a couple of different setups. They've got a lab connected to another lab, connected to a seminar space, and then in front of all that was a big open collaboration area. Okay, and so the labs are walled in. Yes. And the labs don't mean um, chemistry sets and uh, test tubes. No, it means like basically mass presentation area where a teacher can speak to 20 kids or they can slide the wall open so there's two labs connected and they can speak to 40 kids depending on what is needed for that particular section. Would these be the heralded learning studios that they speak of? (laughs) That would be it. Okay. (laughs) But the kids, just what all the kids groups had access to a whiteboard where they could write down what they saw was happening to the M&Ms as they were dissolving in the different cups and this was like a team teach situation so one teacher began the spiel and other teachers would walk around and so it was like multiple supervision mm-hmm. now if it was just one teacher and one class they would use the space a little bit differently they wouldn't necessarily have them go and use up the whole collaboration space they would have them use more of the cave space section which is built for smaller groups my sixth grade uh my sixth grade daughter who got to do it uh yesterday um she once i found out i asked her about it and you really all all the feedback that I got from her was more about the M&M's thing than <laughs> the fact that they were in a warehouse pretending to be in, in a new kind of classroom. You, you got some feedback from the kids today. Uh, yeah, it was interesting because all of their negative feedback had to do with the fact that it was a mock classroom in a warehouse. <laughs> it was too cold, there was not enough windows, and the floor wasn't comfortable. They were seated on the floor? Well, no, they had chairs, but they didn't like the chairs because they were fold-up chairs because it was what they had in the meantime, to fit in this space quickly last minute. So it was all about the warehouse properties, which won't be into... So in the real scenario with these new classrooms, collaborative learning studios, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call them, how is the furnishing going to be? 
Are the chairs going to be cushioned and swivelly, or are um, resort to uh, yoga balls? Yoga balls. <laughs> I like this back. idea. Don't get <laughs> Serena and I would love to get yoga balls. <laughs> um, so what I hear, honestly, when when I hear of this new updated school design, it keeps bringing to mind like those those ultra modern California office complexes, yeah, like Pixar and Google, where people are riding scooters and sitting on yoga balls and. They have ping pong tables I don't in think, unorthodox places. Is that what this is going to be? I don't think it'll be that extreme, but the furniture is designed differently to keep students' postures in more alert positions and their <laughs> room for their water and their desk stuff, and they're on wheels. You can turn things quickly and easily, depending on which space you're in. So it's fast motion learning. We are probably all too lo- young for the Jetsons. No. no. I remember no. the Jetsons. Jetsons. Well, okay, you don't remember the Jetsons. You've seen them second time around. I remember when I saw them in the 90s. Okay. Well, anyway, it's like that sort of furniture is what really? I... Really? Some of the samples that they've had, you know, like the scoop sort of chairs and yeah. things. Yeah. What do they call it? It's like you know, architecture, Adam Age type stuff. Yeah. We got it wrong. Oh, no. You know, if we're, if we're going to pull something from the Jetsons, I still want the flying car. I want Rosie. Where's the... Where's... <laughs> Well, I think those are coming. Probably. So that's new and exciting, and now from the two days of layout, Wednesday and Tuesday, they're going to go from there and create a real design because by October 27th, they have to have a schematic and a design to present to the school board to get the big yay, nay, how are we moving from here? Is this going to make us, like, unique in the entire... Does nobody else in the state have these things? Uh, I wouldn't say in the state, but certainly in our area. Yes. Yeah. Team teaching okay. is like the whole new thing. and mm-hmm. I think some teachers will really like it, but I've heard a lot of teachers who don't, so I don't know. I'm yeah. sure they're in the, yeah. the Des Moines and Cedar Rapids areas. And... The philosophy behind team teaching is learning that science and math and English and language arts, they're not independent of each other. That what you learn in reading, you should be using when you're trying to figure out your math problems and what you're doing in math, you should be using to help you in your science. Mm-hmm. It's to keep everything not, I guess, unsegregate your class times. Yeah, none of those none of those topics are segregated in our careers. Oh, absolutely you have to not. Use every 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 bit of it. Unless you choose to segregate them from yourself. Then right, you don't like the math and science. No, and in life in general, you just, it's all blended. You have to learn how they all work together. And they're starting at a newer age. So that's fun and exciting, and you can look for the last little update in Thursday's paper. All righty. So go on to uh, a quick rundown of headlines uh, coming up and uh, headlines from the past week. Yeah. Let's start with the, uh, let's start with the biggies that are, uh, that are going on right now. What you got, Ryan? Uh, Comets back in action, uh, hosting number three, West Delaware. Uh, some uh, unfortunate news this week. Uh, star running back B.J. Foster uh, broke a bone in his hand and is out for the season. How did he do that? Uh, they weren't sure if it was somebody landed on him or a helmet took a helmet to the hand. Was it during practice? It was just last Friday in last Friday's uh, game against Garner. Ouch. It's uh, obviously a very big blow for the comments. Uh, Bryce Foxen Jr. is going to be uh, kind of called on to step up and carry the load offensively. Hmm. Hard to replace a dynamic player of his caliber. We'll certainly have their work cut out for him against a against West Del- very very good West Delaware team. No, not not to take anything away from BJ. Um, he's a dynamic player. He's, he's great. He's done great things for this team. 
but it, it's not a death knell by by any means for no. the Comets because you know if uh, if their offensive line wasn't being as as effective as they are, BJ would only be getting you know a yard or two here and there, and uh, we've seen Foxen do just fine. Yep. Foxen um, had some so. nice games last season. Now it's uh, the old phrase in football: next man up. It's definitely next man up. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the next man. What's the other news you got? Going to be some big changes coming uh, for the city. Uh, longtime uh, police chief, public safety director uh, Mike Wendell has announced his uh, retirement uh, effective at the end of November. So yeah. the uh, city will be in the process of finding a new public safety director. He's been here for twenty plus years. About twenty seven. It was nineteen eighty seven when he first came to the city. Okay. It started out just as a regular. Uh, Police officer worked his way up through the ranks. Became police chief in uh, 2002 and uh, transitioned to public safety director when all those departments uh, merged in 2012. Yeah, well, good for him. And he's so. raised and, uh, and and his family. They've raised uh, what three kids? Four, four kids four, in town. Four kids. Uh, his old son Chad has uh, followed in his footsteps. He's a police officer for uh, the city of uh, Coralville. And his mm-hmm. uh, other son, Corey, is living in Des Moines. Alex, uh, who I've uh, written extensively about, is in graduate school for uh, theater arts at the University of Idaho. And uh, Katie is a freshman at Iowa State. All right. Well, good luck to uh, look, good luck to the chief in his uh, retirement from that. He uh, he's still staying in, in employment with the city, but uh, Ryan will be writing about that in the Thursday edition of the press. Give us a quick update on McQuillan Place. Yeah, so basically the city is going to be changing their role of how they're funding the McQuillan Place. And um, they've kind of been pushing it back, and hopefully they'll be making a final decision tomorrow. They're supposed to get the final um, agreement done today, but they still didn't really know. So Thursday could still be pushed back. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> I am really hopeful that it all works out. Because like, the outside look of the building looks really cool, and the idea of having however many apartments and a couple more shops and it's just like a neat building to have downtown uh we had democrats um stage kind of a walk to early voting on when was that was friday that was on monday that was on monday that early voted starting and they met at aromas and they they walked to the courthouse so it's kind of cool mitchell you went to a republican thing over the weekend uh it was a meet and greet with ginby I believe it was called. Rachel Ginby is the Republican candidate for county attorney. And they also met at Aromas? Yes, yes they did. That is the Ooh. place to meet in town. <laughs> if you are um, this this week, or was it last week? This, this is last week. The auditors, Floyd County Auditor's Office began mailing out uh, absentee ballots. Uh, if you want an absentee ballot, you just go, you contact the auditor's office or you can just go down there and fill it on out. Um, but They've mailed, as of last Friday, they mailed about 679 uh, absentee ballots for the upcoming election. Uh, Gloria Carr says that's a huge number by any means, but it's pretty good for an election that doesn't have a president, uh, president on the top of the ticket. I was talking to one of the Democratic Party members about early voting and absentee voting, and if that has increased the voter turnout, and she said absolutely by a lot, which I guess is what you would have expected to hear. The uh, the statewide uh, GOP is talking about uh, how the Republicans are now turning out and mm-hmm. perhaps see ballots. I have no numbers. It's just something that I, I get like a bazillion emails from political candidates and parties 
uh, saying bad things about each other and makes me think that they're a bunch of kindergartners. But, um, you know, that was one of the things that came in there. So. Well, I don't know. If kindergartners are taught if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. <laughs> yeah, 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 that would be better. Next on the list, we, we can jump right from politics, considering how Obama masks and Nixon masks and Reagan masks all have, all have had a certain amount of popularity in October. I love costume themes. Let's let's it's, go. Let's uh, we're, we got Halloween coming up. What know, do we speak, know, folks? Speaking of the rubber president masks, they're creepy. They yes. are. They are a bit creepy. <laughs> Number one, they're, 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 a bit, creepy. they're a bit uh, uh, cartoonish. But how disappointing would it be to go through a presidency and not make enough of a cultural splash that you were never immortalized in a Halloween mask? Think of the Millard Fillmores and the James Taylors. You know? Yeah. Well, well Millard kind of got a duck named after him. Kind of. That's Mallard Fillmore. Mallard Fillmore. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, you know, that's something. But, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of presidents out there. Rutherford B. Hayes. You never see his face out there on what October 31st. Do? Nobody knows. <laughs> Chester Arthur. Chester A. Arthur. If people come as Garfield. It's always the cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the uh, very, very large president. No. <laughs> It would be kind of neat if, uh, I don't know if anyone ever would do this because I probably wouldn't, but it, you know, get a whole group of people together for Halloween and everybody dress as a president. Yeah. Like oh, the, the, the whole lineup? If you're, yeah, I mean, if you're William McKinley, just wear a sheet over your head because you're dead, you're a ghost. That would, <laughs> would work Would you well. have to have two um, Grover Clevelands since he... Well, president once and then, and then not and then again. Well, I don't know if he changed his hairstyle between those two. That's going to make a difference. Anybody seen any trends as far as Halloween costumes or Halloween hearing anything trends. out there? I haven't heard anything yet about this year, but I know the Flintstones was really popular about four or five years ago. The Progressive Girl, yes. Flo, and Mayhem are really popular. Mayhem? You know, the guy on the auto insurance commercials where he's like, protecting people. Yes. Mayhem. Like he's just me. wearing a suit and Dennis calls out. He's just gonna, Haysburg, yes. Yeah, he wears a suit and he's got like a bandit on his face and his hair is always frazzled and he's either yeah. a dog letting burglars into the house or he Doesn't like jumps on your car. You have not seen the Mayhem commercials? I don't watch much TV. Hmm. I only watch it for the Mayhem commercials. Oh, okay. <laughs> they are good. Well, <laughs> trends. Let's let's think. Uh, what, what are the kids going to be wearing? What have been the popular movies? Frozen. That's, I was going to say. Will be Frozen. Yeah. I guarantee... Uh, most of the little girls in this that town might be are going to be dressed as Elsa or Anna. That might be appropriate this year. Frozen? Yeah. 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 It, gotcha. it, it, it's, it's, it's getting cold. <laughs> We've been snow on Halloween before. Yeah. We hope it's happen. not that cold. Although, uh, the scary, truly scary thing I saw in the forecast, a 30% chance of snow Friday night after the football. Yeah, I heard that. What? I mean, it's, yes. not, it's not anything that's going to stick around, but... It's uh, the four-letter S word is in the forecast already. <laughs> what will boys be for Halloween? Olaf, Kristoff, well, football players, <laughs> the uh, broad-shouldered Viking salesman in the, from the movie. That's the Minnesota <laughs> accent. Yeah. They'll be guard. They'll be guardians of the galaxy out there. They'll be raccoons. Oh yeah. Raccoons carrying guns. That'd be interesting. That's not terrifying at all. <laughs> no. Um, actually, he kind of looks like a uh, Borg raccoon. It what happened like to Miko? Who? Who? Pocahontas' raccoon? Yes. What, what do you mean, what happened to him? I don't he's think it was ever a popular Halloween costume. years old. Well, well, I just Disney, mean now they've got... Biscuits all day, like, that's a Disney life. now owns... <laughs> Disney now, of course, owns Marvel. 
Right. And so maybe, okay, the story behind Rocket Raccoon is that he was a raccoon that they did um, genetic engineering on illegally. So they took him apart, put him together, took him apart, put him together. Where that raccoon came from, I'm not sure. But now that it's Disney, maybe that's Miko. Well, I hope Miko didn't suffer hey. animal testing. Yeah, that's you know, they often say that Disney alone has a shared universe. Yeah. Like uh, Tangled, anyone remember the Rapunzel movie? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you listen to the theory, that movie and Frozen are intertwined because Tangled, the style, is very Germanic. Mm-hmm. Frozen, the style, is very Scandinavian. Mm-hmm. So you've got the, uh, the North Sea sort of between those two nations. Yeah. The uh, king and queen, Anna and Elsa's father and mother, um, are sailing to Rapunzel's coronation when the ship goes down, leaving them orphaned. And then later there's an Easter egg in Frozen where Rapunzel and her man show up to Elsa's coronation. You are reading like some conspiracy theory. So okay. there's always a you know, the one thing about all of those things, it's all, it, it's all so dark gone depressing. You know, there's always... Of course, you know, eh, all those stories. I think DreamWorks is surpassing Disney lately. Yeah, really? It surpassed Disney a long time ago. You what what the, movie did solidified that for you? How to Train Your Dragon. Did Definitely. you see the second one? No, I did not. Okay. Say, um, you think the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are going to make a comeback this year? Good. Oh, maybe. I They're... hope not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got tired of them? Well, I didn't, the new movie was just... Cowabunga, dude! The Lego movie, is that going to spark anybody? Oh, that's it's a fantastic movie. Believe it or not, I think there's going to be more Minecraft things. Really? Oh yeah. Is that Never a video game? It. Yes. Yeah, kind of kids go... It's a computer you know, game. They, it's a video game. They create their own worlds and stuff like that. We used to call that imagination when we created our own world with sticks and the trees. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I expect to see you know, lots of zombies still because of uh, The Walking Dead. Um... Yeah. Don Draper. That will be me. Oh, gosh, I hope not. I hope children aren't going as Don Draper. Oh, I thought you meant going as Mitchell. Well, I just don't think that's a very family-friendly show. You don't think so? No. Yeah, teaches kids casual cynicism and arrogance. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious on the way out here. Uh, do you remember, each of you guys remember your favorite um, Halloween costume? Who's a pumpkin? Yours was a pumpkin? Yes. Did you stuff anything into it so you were big? Stuffed a lot of old newspaper, a lot of the old editions of the Omaha World Herald in there. Was trouble getting up to the steps? I uh, know. I remember a really good one in sixth grade. I won as Ozzy Osbourne. It was a really nice really? costume. Ooh, well, nice. It was just, funny. Did you have a rubber bat you carried around with you? <laughs> I, I think I actually did. I think that I found one. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, Wilma Flintstone as a junior in college. Okay. My mom made it for me. Wilma! <laughs> <laughs> Um, favorite? Uh, let's see. I, I got the expensive, spiffed-up Darth Vader costume once when I was about ten, and that was pretty cool. It had the uh, the voice-changer mask and everything, so, so that was interesting. But my favorite costume in terms of something I assembled myself that I was very fond of was just your straightforward Indiana Jones. Hmm. The hat, the whip, the satchel... Uh, everything. I it tried to do the. I tried, I tried to do the hand solo when I was a kid, and I did the oh, coffee yeah. grinds on the face. I just looked like a bum. Um, <laughs> but I think my favorite one was in college. I uh, I was the carpentoid. This was during the time I was working construction on my way through college, and uh, of course I was playing football at the same time. So I had uh, the, the 
green spandex uh, running things, and I was in a lot better shape back then. Um, and I had my carpenter belt, and then just whatever I forgot. I think I wore a tie-dye shirt, and I made myself a mask, and and I was and I carried a hammer. I was the carpenter. Nice. Did you coin that name? I don't know. Maybe I should. You should. I'll tell you what, though, my favorite costume was the year half the people I in, in college went as Steve Bartman. Oh, yeah. The infamous Chicago Cubs fan who ruined the World Series and made the city of St. Louis gloriously happy. Okay, folks, well, take us out. Down All right. Thanks for joining us, the Charles City Press podcast, still nameless. Have a good week. <laughs>